Hello, and welcome back to Ride It Out of LBS, the podcast that brings the LBS community together. I'm your host, Catherine Lauren. Each week, we explore how disruption and innovation are positively shaking up sectors. This week, we're focusing on prop tech. I'm super excited to be joined by Nadim Kapadia, MBA 2021 at LBS. Welcome, Nadim. Thank you very much, Catherine, and thank you for having me on the show. So a bit of uh, background on Nadim. Prior to the MBA, he worked as a diplomat for the Singaporean government, amongst other roles advising startups on scaling up their business. Currently, he's interning for a London-based prop tech startup called Emo Capital, focusing on the disruption of European real estate secondary market. Uh, interesting point is that the startup is co-founded by an LBS alum, Samantha Kemp. So, uh, Nadim, before we uh, dive in deeply, can you tell us what your fun fact is? Yeah, um, my fun fact during this lockdown period is actually the rediscovery of my childhood love for Lego. Um, I've been spending a lot of time building things with my four-year-old son, and we have been having so much fun that my wife and I decided to get our own Lego creator series. Um, we are currently working on our Volkswagen Beetle and are looking forward to building many other iconic pieces. I guess this is perhaps a reason why I'm also so intrigued by the built environment sector. <laughs> That's fantastic. I would love to play with some Lego. If uh, Maybe I should go order some on Amazon. Perfect. <laughs> um, but not many of us know much about the prop tech sector. Uh, can you give us a brief background on what it actually prop tech means? Absolutely. Um, PropTech is actually the acronym for property and technology. And as the name suggests, it really embodies all the technological innovations occurring within and disrupting the real estate property sector. There are several key verticals within the PropTech sector. Firstly, the smart real estate, which is really focused on the operation and management of real estate assets. Second, the shared economy, which is focused on the use of real estate assets on the occupier market. Think of WeWork or Airbnb, which are common examples within this space. The third is um, real estate fintech, which is focused on platforms that facilitate the trading of real estate asset ownership. Some examples would include um, US real estate and rental marketplace, Zillow, Opendoor, um, UK real estate portals, Rightmove and Zoopla, as well as UK mortgage lender, Lent Invest. And perhaps the last vertical within PropTech would be Contech, which is really focused on technologies impacting the built and construction work. That's, uh, I didn't actually realize how many verticals there were to the PropTech sector. So thanks for sharing that with us. But when I think of real estate traditionally, I think of bricks and mortars, you know, estate agents, and just really a lot of hassle in getting uh, the process going to either buy a property or like rent a room in a house. And um, why has the sector been so s slow to adapt technology? What are some of the barriers to adoption? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think you you hinted at it when you talked about, you know, bricks and mortar. Really, I think real estate is a slow-moving asset class with projects being quite long-drawn and investment decisions taking many years 
being done several years before projects are completed. And therefore, there's a lot of uncertainty or lack of clarity on what are the actual returns on investment and the benefits of introducing certain technologies at the point of investment. And I think secondly, there's also a general lack of strategic appreciation of how technology can actually enhance the services within real estate. Um, but having said that, um, within the last few years, things have changed quite um, quickly and primarily driven by the climate crisis and the evolving structure of the industry, we are seeing more investments actually flowing into the prop tech sector. Um, today, more investors want more granular asset level data to help them evaluate the performance of their investments. More occupants and tenants want quality spaces that, um, that they can live within and flexibility within their environment in which they are operating. Um, and just to put all this into perspective, prop tech investment has actually grown quite aggressively in the last 10 years or so. Um, we are looking at about 186 million in 2011, all the way to about 20 billion in 2018. And if you look at that, that's almost about a 100% increase um, every year um, that has gone into growing and developing the prop tech sector. And how has the real, sec real estate sector been coping with the current pandemic? I mean, we've all read um, quite a lot of negative headlines, but what's your kind of take on it? Yeah, I think um, like many other sectors, the real estate sector has also been quite significantly hit um, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic um, and primarily it's affected consumer behavior. I mean, if you look at the residential property market, it has slowed down significantly and today it's performing at below 50% run rate levels compared to the normal. Um, and a very good indicator of the decline in transactions is actually the new listings that are coming out on property portals, which in many key markets have dropped by more than 70%. And what we are seeing really is sellers are taking their properties off the market um, potential buyers are waiting um, until there's a little bit more clarity in terms of what's happening in the economic environment. And as a result of that, many agents and inspectors are also being forced to cut costs and work digitally to keep the property market going during this time. Given everything you've said so far, what are some of the future opportunities in the prop tech market? Yeah, I think that's quite an interesting question. Um, firstly, I think like many other sectors, the prop tech community, which consists of startups of different stages of growth, would be affected. Cash flow and financing are among some of the key challenges faced by many prop tech startups, and this would be a critical determinant of which startups would be able to weather the storm. But having said that, I think there is a significant shift that we are seeing in terms of consumer behavior and mindset within the industry, and this would allow for some unique opportunities for certain types of prop tech. And in my view, I think one area that's going to be quite exciting and is going to receive quite a significant boost, if not already, is the application of AR and VR technology in the real estate world. VR, as we know, virtual reality refers to um, the idea where customers can participate in virtual tours, and it allows prospective tenants and buyers to view various properties on the other side of the globe without having to actually enter the property. And AR, augmented reality, really helps to overlay virtual objects on top of the real-world environment. And so we have seen that there's been an increase in demand for these services as consumer behavior begins to change. And one example of this is Metaport, which is a leading US-based spatial data company that provides 
360 degree scans and 3D floor plans that allow for a fully interactive experience. And this has helped to recreate the real world experience of viewing a site. And I think more of such companies offering similar services would be quite successful moving forward. And also coming out of the crisis, I think another interesting concept within the real estate fintech sector is actually the iBuyer model. Now, this refers to a model where companies leverage AI and machine learning technologies to source, value, and buy houses from, from the seller with upfront cash. The iBuyer company then takes the responsibility of the marketing, administration, and execution of the deal. And... I think what's interesting about the iBuy model is that it allows for quick and prompt sales. Technology is often used to source, appraise, and acquire homes. And for home sellers, this presents a very quick and hassle-free way to transact. And I think this would be the new norm where there's where you have social distancing and reduced traveling. The concept of being able to sell your home quite quickly would be quite attractive to many home sellers. And one interesting example of this is from the London-based startup Emo Capital, which is seeking to disrupt the real estate market. And through their propriety technology in AI and the machine learning, they have been able to digitally source, appraise, and acquire centrally located properties in key European markets at scale. And they, what, what they have been able to do is that despite the downturn, they've been able to adapt and ride on the new opportunities available. And this has allowed them to seamlessly move into remote and contactless acquisition, letting and property management processes. And they have been able to close a number of deals while many of the more traditional players have suffered and witnessed a drop in some of their activity. And so I think what we'll see as a result of this pandemic is that there's going to be an increased application of AR and VR technology within the prop tech space, as well as AI and machine learning that would help to um, allow the prop tech community to advance a lot more faster than it is currently today. And what we are really seeing is that there's being a there's a change in consumer needs and companies and individuals who can find innovative solutions would be the ones that would be able to succeed and win as a result of the crisis. I really uh, love the example about the VR, the virtual reality for property viewings. I've always done something similar, but I tried to show uh, my flat through Zoom, through a Zoom call, <laughs> and that was a bit of a disaster. And it was actually very difficult to show a property while I was holding your laptop around. So I would definitely welcome some more sophisticated technology uh, to do property viewings remotely. That's really nice. Um, and what is your mantra in times of crisis? Yeah, that's a good one. I think for me, I would say that the first thing is always to look at the situation as a cup half full. Um, positive mindset can go a very long way. I think we are in an environment where sometimes it's easy to feed off the negativity that you get in the media. And so just looking at the situation as a cup half full and having a positive mindset can be extremely helpful in coping with the crisis. And um, the other thing I would say is just having a routine and a schedule. Um, the challenge with situations like that is that your normal day-to-day -day schedule gets thrown off. Um, what you're used to doing is no longer the case. And therefore, sitting down and just putting a routine and having a routine of how you want to go about doing your different activities in a day can allow you to have a very clear schedule and help you to kind of 
have some level of predictability um, and routine around your day-to-day -day activities and that can be quite helpful. Completely agree and also a sense of normality um, that it's kind of business as usual Monday to Friday otherwise all of your days and weeks blend into one. That, that's a great wrap-up. Um, so Nadim, really enjoyed having you on Ride It Out of LBS and thanks for everyone who's been tuning in to all the latest episodes and stay tuned in for more exciting stuff.